Let's talk general surgery now. General surgery. What are um, hard signs of an acute abdomen? Involuntary guarding. Rebound tenderness. What are soft signs? Voluntary guarding. Tenderness to palpation. Alright. Acute abdomen means laparotomy. Right? What are the exceptions to that? Pancreatitis, diverticulitis, spontaneous bacterial peritonitis. So three exceptions to bringing an acute abdomen to surgery. Pancreatitis, diverticulitis, spontaneous bacterial peritonitis. If you're unsure, don't give pain meds, CT abdomen pelvis, um, and serial abdominal exams. If they get worse or unstable, obviously, take them in for a lap. Laparoscopy or laparotomy. Alright, I'm going to say a quadrant. You tell me what you're thinking about. Right upper quadrant. Um, Cholecystitis, cholangitis, liver abscess, epigastric area, pancreatitis, um, gastric ulcer, left upper quadrant, spleen, uh, left lower quadrant, diverticulitis, sigmoid colon is, is where the diverticulitis would be, and in female patients, adnexal pathology. Um, right lower quadrant, adnexal pathology again, appendicitis, um, ileitis, Crohn's disease, right? All right, appendicitis. Give me a typical presentation. Periumbilical pain, nausea, vomiting, pain moves to McBurney's point, which is two-thirds of the way down from the umbilicus to the right as is. Rossing sign, push on the left lower quadrant, hurts at McBurney's point. Um, if they ask for food, they, are, they do not have appendicitis. What are you going to do to uh, clinch the diagnosis if you didn't make it clinically? CT abdomen pelvis with IV and oral contrast. Alright, complications. Perf. Abscess. All right. Someone comes in with bilious vomiting, abdominal distension, constipation, hypo, hyperactive bowel sounds, high-pitched rushing sounds, poorly localized abdominal pain. What are you thinking about? You do an X-ray, abdominal series X-ray. There's multiple air fluid levels. They've had a previous surgery. What am I getting at? Small bowel obstruction, right? Most commonly caused by adhesions. What if they're kids? Could be intussusception. Could be Meckel's diverticulum. Could be an incarcerated hernia. If it's intussusception in a child, what do you think? What are, what are findings and key words? 
current jelly stools a palpable solid mass. If it's Meckel's diverticulum in a kid, the rule of twos, right? Two percent of the population, two inches long, two feet of the iliocolic junction, within two feet of the iliocolic junction, and in the first two years of life. Okay. Let's say you've got gradually increasing abdominal pain, abdominal distension, constipation, feculent vomiting, seen late. What are you thinking about? Large bowel obstruction. Most common causes in older patients, diverticulitis, colon cancer, and a volvulus. What's your initial treatment? It's a bunch of letters is what it is. NPO, CTIV contrast, NG tube, decompress, right? It's not in the best order. It should be NPO, NG, CTIV. Um, if you determine that it's a sigmoid volvulus, what is less invasive than surgery that you might be able to do to fix it? Endoscopic decompression. And if it's a child, what might you be thinking? You might be thinking Hirschsprung's disease, right? So what's your initial management? NPO, NG, IV, um, da, 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 da. that's it. Alright, um, patient is 55, has left lower quadrant pain, ding, 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 diverticulitis, right? Um, they might have a complaint of uh, change in bowel habits along with the left lower quadrant pain. What might they also have? Fever, leukocytosis, right? Confirm the diagnosis how? CT with IV and oral contrast. And uh, what's your medical treatment? NPO, broad-spectrum antibiotics. And if that fails, sigmoid resection. And uh, what are you going to do after, after the fact, after all that? Colon cancer screening, of course. Patient comes in with Charcot's triad, fever, jaundice, right upper quadrant pain. What are you thinking about? Oh, I'm thinking I'm going to do an ultrasound is what I'm going to do. Um, I'm thinking gallbladder disease. I'm thinking gallstones. I'm thinking cholecystitis, right? What's a uh, particular study that you could do for cholecystitis? A HIDA scan. What does HIDA stand for? Hepatic immunodiacetic acid scan. To clinch a difficult diagnosis. Like if you can't see the gallbladder, do a HIDA scan. Alright, classic presentation for cholecystitis.
fat, female, 40, fertile, um, flatulent, and now febrile. So there's six Fs now. Um, ultrasound, you're going to be able to see stones, right? Describe, how is she going to describe her pain? It's worse after meals, it comes and goes. Um, what physical exam test can you do for cholecystitis? You remember the one. Press up in the left upper quadrant, get up under the liver, tell them to breathe in. If they stop breathing, that's a positive Murphy sign. Um, so, what do you? How do you manage cholecystitis? Antibiotics, NPO, antibiotics, then surgery. You want to reduce the inflammation first. Did I say the wrong quadrant when I meant, when I said feel up under the liver? You knew which quadrant I meant. What about? Um, Right upper quadrant pain, fever and ch shaking chills, and jaundice. Well, I just described that earlier, didn't I, with Charcot's triad? That's cholangitis. And uh, they have a history of gallstones, right? Start antibiotics and do a cholecystectomy. And take out the stones at that point. What's an alternative to that? ERCP with uh, stone extraction, endoscopic retrograde cholangiopancreatography. I'm going to stop that one right there. Just have a little brief one there where we did the uh, acute abdomen, the appendicitis, a small bowel obstruction, the diverticulitis, large bowel obstruction, and gallbladder disease. We're going to start up again with uh, some more belly stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, general surgery part two. Um, what's the most common cause of small bowel obstruction in a patient who's never had abdominal surgery? Incarcerated hernia. And if someone who has had abdominal surgery, adhesions is number one and incarcerated hernia is number two. So what are the four types of hernias? Indirect, direct, femoral, incisional. Of these, which one is most likely to cause incarceration or strangulation? Femoral. Uh, what's the difference between incarceration and strangulation? Well, incarceration is... is um, trapped, swollen, edematous X, where X is the herniated organ. And uh, strangulated is the blood supply is cut off. And you could get necrosis, and that's a surgical emergency. Alright. Those four types of hernias, direct, indirect, femoral, and uh, incisional. Tell me about those. Well, incisional could be anywhere there, where there's been an abdominal incision or a trauma. Um, what about direct? That's coming straight through Hesselbach's triangle. It's medial to the inferior epigastric artery. Um, Hesselbach's triangle, um, you'll recall, is a point of weak, or not a point, an area of weakness uh, in the abdominal muscle wall. And 
I'm not exactly sure the borders of Hesselbach's triangle. I don't have that text with me. But um, I think it's spermatic cord, inferior epigastric artery, and the border of the rectus sheath. I think that's right. Anyway, you can picture it. And so a direct hernia is coming straight through medial to the inferior epigastric artery. And the indirect is coming through the internal ring so that's lateral to the inferior epigastric arteries. And then it traverses down and comes out the external ring into the scrotum or the labia, depending on your, your gender. So that's an indirect hernia. Um, so why is that happening? What's the congenital defect? Patent process vaginalis. Good to remember. All right, femoral hernia goes through the femoral ring, so it's south. Um, it's more common in women, right? The femoral ring is below the inguinal ring. That's what I meant when I said it was south. Um, of all these hernias, which one is the most common for everybody? The indirect, coming through the internal and then out the external inguinal ring. Moving on. Uh, alcohol abuser comes in with epigastric pain radiating to the back. What labs are you going to order? Amylase and lipase. They going to be elevated? Yeah. What do they got? Pancreatitis. What are some more signs and symptoms? Nausea, vomiting, anorexia, a local ileus, um, you might see what they call a sentinel loop of bowel on x-ray. What are you going to do to treat them? Meperidine, unless they're taking an MAOI. Why meperidine instead of morphine? Morphine can cause sphincter of OD spasm. What else are you going to do besides this pain management? NPO IV fluids, NG tube, supportive care. It's pancreatitis. Complication, pseudocyst, or an abscess. True cyst would have an epithelial lining. This is a pseudocyst or an abscess. You might have to surgically go in for those. All right, patient, what's another risk factor for pancreatitis? Besides alcohol, gallstones. All right, patient has free air under the diaphragm, a history of peptic ulcer disease, amylase has gone up a little bit. What's going on? You've got a perfed ulcer. Um, lipase is normal. And you can differentiate that from pancreatitis because you won't, you won't have a normal lipase and you won't have free air, will you? All right, patient comes in after blunt abdominal pain, abdominal trauma. They are hypotensive, they are tachycardic, they may be in shock, and they have left shoulder pain as well as left upper quadrant pain. What's that left shoulder pain? That's Kerr's sign, remember? 
And uh, so you're worried about splenic rupture, splenic lack. You're going to observe unless you do a CT and it shows that it's severe. If it's active bleeding, if it's complete rupture, what are you going to do? Endovascular embolization and a splenectomy. If it's not severe and you could just observe them, what do you counsel the patient against? Playing football, right? No physical activity that's going to risk further splenic damage. So they've got the splenectomy. What special preventive measures do you need to take? Um, you need to vaccine against encapsulated organisms. H-flu, pneumococcus, meningococcal. And just a final point about the spleen. Um, if they have mononucleosis, EBV, and a big spleen, you're not going to ask, you're going to ask them to not play contact sports. It's in their best interest. Right, right. Alright, let me just uh, sort of skim this paragraph for you. Talking about pulmonary function, cardiac history, and surgery. What's the best indicator of uh, no pulmonary complications after surgery? No pulmonary complications before surgery. What's the best thing you can do uh, for a patient before surgery to prevent pulmonary complications? Get them to not smoke. Okay. What else are you going to do post-surgical to um, ensure good pulmonary function? Aggressive pulmonary toilet. Isn't that nice? So I think that means the, uh, the albuterol and the ipratropium. Incentive spirometry. Get them up walking. Use just the right amount of pain medication. Too much can increase your risk of atelectasis and that sort of thing. Too little and they, they can't breathe well. Okay. And what does spirometry evaluate? Forced vital capacity, forced expiratory volume in one second, and of course the FEV1 over FVC as a percent. And maximal vo voluntary ventilation. You've seen incentive spirometry, you know about that. How long does a patient need to be MPO before general anesthesia? Eight hours, why? you want to avoid um, aspiration. What are you going to use to prevent deep vein thrombosis and pulmonary embolus post-surgery? Those uh, compression stockings, ambulation, low molecular weight heparin. If it's an orthopedic case, you might use warfarin. What's the most common cause of post-op fever within, within 24 hours? after surgery. Atelectasis. And how do you prevent that? Ambulation. You could do chest physiotherapy. Spirometry. Proper pain control. Proper
pain control. Causes of post-op fever. What are the five W's? Wind, water, walking, wound, and weird drugs. So wind, atelectasis, pneumonia, walking, deep vein thrombosis, pulmonary embolism, wind, walking, water, UTI, uh, wound, wound infection, weird drugs, some sort of drug fever. Patient has coronary artery disease or risk factors for coronary disease. What might you give perioperatively to decrease the risk of MI? Not aspirin. Beta blocker. Alright. What sort of time frame, in what sort of time frame does wound dehiscence happen? Five to ten days post-op. And what, what's the signs and symptoms? Uh, serosanguinous um, drainage with, uh, particularly with a cough or with uh, increased intra-abdominal pressure. Right? Treatment, antibiotics, reclose. Moving on to trauma. Now, trauma. Isn't trauma great? I love trauma. What are the A, B, C, Ds, and Es of trauma? Airway, breathing, circulation, um, disability, like a neurodisability, and exposure, which means expose everything, check everything. Do these in order. Don't move on to the next one until you've um, stabilized the first one. So airway, breathing, circulation, disability, exposure, right? Airway, if they're talking, they're good. Um, intubate or cricothyroidotomy, if necessary. Breathing, they could have an airway, but they can't breathe. Intubate, cricothyroidotomy. Circulation, what are you gonna do about that? What are signs and symptoms of hypovolemia? Tachycardia, thready pulse, hypotension, diaphoresis, slow capillary refill. What are you going to do? Two large bore peripheral IVs, um, a liter of LR, lactated ringers, right? It's supposed to be 10 to 20 mils per kg, but a liter, right? Then reassess, then give it again. What's disability? What's that? Neurologic check. Neurocheck. So Glasgow Coma Scale. Um, eyes, motor, and what's the other one? Vocal. Lowest, lowest possible scores of 3, highest possible scores of 15, and so on. 8 or 9 is coma. Um, what kind of films are you going to do? Chest, abdomen, pelvis. Um, C-spine. And CT everything that needs it. You want to do a pelvis film before you do the Foley. Right? Head trauma? What kind of CT? 
with or without? Without. Blunt abdominal trauma, benign exam. What do you do? Observe, get a CT. With oral and IV contrast. Blunt abdominal trauma who's hemodynamically unstable. Laparotomy. Altered mental status. CT abdomen pelvis with oral and IV contrast. Although, how are you going to get the oral contrast in? Maybe through the NG tube, huh? And of course, head CT and cervical spine CT, but we're talking abdomen right now. Um, for some reason you can't examine the abdomen. I can't imagine why you wouldn't be able to examine the abdomen. But it says if you can't examine the abdomen, you're going to um, do a CT of abdomen and pelvis with IV and oral contrast. Penetrating abdominal uh, trauma. Gunshot wound, laparotomy. Stab wound, maybe laparotomy. Maybe you have time to do a CT abdomen pelvis with oral and IV contrast. If CT is positive, go to a lap. If it's negative, serial abdominal x-rays. Name six thoracic trauma problems that can kill you. Six thoracic trauma problems that can kill you. Airway obstruction. Open pneumo. Um, tension pneumo. Cardiac tamponade. Massive hemothorax. Flail chest. Again. Airway obstruction. Open pneumo. Tension pneumo. Cardiac tamponade. Hemo. And uh, flail chest. So let's talk about each of those a little bit. Airway obstruction, no audible breath sounds, right? They, can an they can't answer questions, awake and gurgling, what are you going to do? Intubator, cricothyroidotomy, right? Open pneumo. A defect in the chest wall where you got bubbles coming out, right? Poor ventilation and oxygenation. Intubate with positive pressure. Close the defect with a three-side gauze. Preferably like a, a petroleum jelly gauze, where you use that the, that yellow one. Um, so three-sided, so that you'll allow for pressure to escape. If you don't do three-sided, what are you going to get? A tension pneumothorax. So tension pneumo, blunt trauma, um, shifts the mediastinum and the trachea to the opposite side. So you've got a widened mediastinum. Yeah. Chest percussion is going to be hypertympanic. Hypertympanic. You might see hypotension in distended neck veins. Needle thoracentesis, chest tube. Needle thoracentesis chest tube. So needle thoracentesis mid axillary line, two ribs, two, three ribs down. 
and then a chest tube, mid-axillary line. Um, cardiac tamponade. Stab wound to the left chest, JVD, hypotension, hypotension, muffled heart sounds, pulsus paradoxus, which is a uh, unusually uh, unusually high magnitude change drop in blood pressure uh, with inspiration. So this is um, cardiac tamponade penetrating to the chest, left chest usually, um, JVD, hypotension, pulsus paradoxus, okay, uh, muffled heart sounds. Treatment, pericardiocentesis. If stable, if stable, echo. Definition of a massive hemothorax. A liter or more of blood into the chest. They're going to have, you know, decreased or absent breath sounds. Dull to percussion. Hypotension. Collapsed neck veins. Tachycardia. Chest tube. IV fluids and blood before you place the chest tube. If the bleeding stops, get an X-ray and CT of the chest. If it doesn't stop, open thoracotomy. Flail chest, what's that? Adjacent ribs broken in two or more places. I think it's, is it two or three ribs in a row that are broken in two or more places? And so you're going to get um, paradoxical breathing where when they ins inspire the foil chest goes in instead of out and there's almost always a pulmonary contusion and you know that and the pain makes it really hard to breathe particularly in older people if they're not doing well intubate positive pressure ventilation So again, six emergent, emergent chest trauma problems. Open pneumothorax, airway obstruction, open pneumothorax, um, tension pneumothorax, cardiac tamponade, hemothorax, and flail chest. What are some other thoracic um, chest injuries? You could have Aortic rupture. I, I said chest, I should say thoracic, open thoracic injuries. Aortic rupture, liver lack, pulmonary contusion, diaphragmatic rupture. So aortic rupture, most common cause of immediate death after an automobile accident or fall from a great height. Widened mediastinum, CT chest with contrast. Surgical repair. That's aortic rupture. What about a liver lack? Depends on severity. Um, you detect and grade by CT. Um, 
if there's shattering or if it's severe endoscopic embolization, right, and surgery. Pulmonary contusion. Well, that tissue is not going to breathe, right? You can see immediate consolidation on chest x-ray or CT. Oxygen may be intubation. Diaphragmatic rupture, usually on the left. Look for uh, stomach in the lung or bowel in the lung. Nausea, vomiting, surgical repair. Had a pediatric patient with that. And we stopped there.